Greetings and salutations to our podcast audience. How's everybody doing? Very good. We're good. Hey. Hey, if you're asking me, I'm doing very good. I'm asking everybody. Oh, okay. Asking the audience. I'm Howard. asking who. They're not. Asking they got you. Talking. How are you two guys doing? We're great. Good. We're great. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get used to this new setup. We got like four cameras. Yeah, we've decided to get more cameras, which is what you need, more views. I'm intimidated by all of them. So this is me right over here. I don't know where right to look. There. I'm right there. But we got four cameras for your viewing pleasure now on YouTube. So hopefully that's better. Hopefully it's better. I don't know. Me from multiple angles is it, not, not a good thing. I don't know. You're the one that doesn't so, have your own camera. You I have don't. all the cameras. I don't. All. You're in every. Not all of them. Well, I think you're in many shots. I am, but I am the most important. <laughs> you so, are. You know, well, you're in the middle. Well, we're glad to have you with us uh, at this weekly time when we get together. We sit down and talk about whatever we want, and hopefully you stay interested. Um, so here we are. And, oh, and the first thing I want to say. I, I would just this. like to say, what do you I'm, want to say, I'm not talking about whatever I want. I'm talking yes, about what are. we decided to talk about. That's no, helpful. That's not... <laughs> there, are, there are other things I want to I talk do, about. I do. I throw out topics, and then you just say what you want. <laughs> well, that and, part might be true. That is yeah. true. So, that is true. I would like to say to those of you who are on YouTube, and you did what we asked you to do last week, thank you so much, because we have now inched upwards towards 900 subscribers. Like a little inchworm. We're getting this. <laughs> I still want to be at 1,000. Scooting out there. Yeah. So, just before, we were three away from 900. Ah, three away. Three away, so we got 103 to go. Okay. I would like to do something special for number 927. Ah. <laughs> What are you going to do? Just random? Know. I don't know. Okay. Why that number? I don't know. There's no, there's there's no, no significance in it. Yeah, you don't say everything you want to say, do you? <laughs> we would have stopped right that there. if we could have. Okay. But thanks to you guys for subscribing. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to YouTube. And if you've already subscribed to this YouTube channel, go and make another account and subscribe to that one, too. That would help. There you go. <laughs> Multiple accounts. <laughs> Artificially a, boost those right numbers. There. That's right. So uh, Google has plenty of space for you to do it. Yes, yeah. they do. Plenty. So, all right. Well, today we uh, we got two questions we're going to get to. Um, I'm saving those to the end. Oh. Ah. So uh, that way you have to wait to hear what you actually would like to hear. That's right. The yeah. stuff you want to hear, we're going to put. Or at, at the least end. one person or two people. Or right, I don't know. scrub along the bottom till you <laughs> get to <laughs> right to the end. <laughs> Just go. Don't put a time stamp Is that there. the word for that, scrubbing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Really? That's good. I didn't know that. I've, I have learned something on this yeah. podcast, scrubbing. I, I, I don't know that it's an official term. It's the term I hear used. Okay. okay. I like it. Scrubbing. I'm scrubbing along. I'm moving that little bar. For those of you who don't know what he's talking about, that yeah. little bar that you just went we used You to didn't even it. hear me say it as you went by. We used to call it fast forwarding. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Back yeah. in the VCR. You can, you can view it before you click on it. There you so. go. All right. So let's talk since... Uh, here we are. We got past Easter. Easter was on Sunday. Yeah. We got through it. Um, let's talk about how, how it was for everybody. This is Somebody made a, a point to tell me this week. They said, you know, this is the first time in like my 47 years of life that I have not sat in a church on Easter. And they were saying that not as a good thing. <laughs> they right. were very bummed about that. And I, and I felt that too. I said, you know, you're right. I, I think that's true for me as well. Um, Easter in quarantine for the first time. So. Mm -hmm. How was your Easter? What did you love about it? What did you not love? Did you love anything about it? <laughs> <laughs> about being in in quarantine in particular I, just, or just about the, the just day? Just everything. I don't I know. I mean, obviously with Easter, uh, 
I, I did enjoy our service, and I enjoyed uh, certainly the reminder of, you yeah. know, getting to celebrate that Jesus is alive and all, all the great things that you get about the Easter message and all the things that we got to do in that sense. Yeah. But uh, I would also agree it's the first time in my life that I have not been in, in a church with other believers celebrating uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior together. Uh, yeah. So it was weird. I think that's it just was. the best. It was just, it was, it was weird. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it certainly, um, you know, this wasn't the first time, but a, a lot lately on Sundays. It's just there's a lot of um, uh, grieving on my part of the fact that we're just not all together. I miss it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sad about it. Obviously, I understand why it has to, it, it, it is currently that way. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that was probably the hardest part, just not being together. Had, had a good uh, Easter breakfast and lunch with my family, so those, yeah. things, those things were certainly very nice. And uh, yeah. so all of that, but certainly hard not being with other believers in, in, in presence. I understand we were digitally together. It so. felt very anticlimactic to me. Mm. It was like I, I always have, a, you know, my spiritually, emotionally, I always have a high anticipation Toward Easter Sunday for mm-hmm. me because I, I love the focus that we put on the resurrection because it is the deal mm-hmm. and it and I and I've come to realize that the more that I've uh, grown in my faith and so it has always been something I look forward to and then yeah like Sunday was a great experience like I said like you said it was uh, great to to what we did online together but then once it was over it was kind of like huh okay <laughs> I, I just there was you just feel the void you feel something that's missing i said to somebody in the chat room when i was in there the only good thing about doing easter in my house today is i can smell my easter ham cooking there you go that was it and i enjoyed smelling that <laughs> and i enjoyed eating it of course after it was over sure um, we had a big dinner or lunch after it was over. Is that me your, and my your own ham? Did or did you go out? Yeah, you know, like we get sometimes honey baked ham. <laughs> he he yeah. didn't slaughter a pig. If that's what you <laughs> mean. Didn't slaughter a pig. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I meant you yourself. <laughs> well, I cooked it. You cooked it yourself. Yeah. yeah. My, in fact, uh, we we had uh, a ham that was left over at Christmas. We froze that we had, uh, we had uh. purchased. So I, I, it's been there waiting on me. So we popped it in the oven and I did all the spiral cut, oh, honey yeah. baked, glazed, glazed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Is so the honey baked ham doing deliveries at this point? Somebody? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I got everybody's doing deliveries. I know. I just yeah. if you want to have a business, you want to have a business, you're delivering. Yeah, I got a coupon from Honey Baked for like something off of the ham. So anyway. Yeah, it was good lunch. Not so great Easter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I have so many feelings. In fact, even while you were talking, I was sitting here and trying to just process, you know, what did I actually feel? And uh, even now, there, I, there's, there's a grief setting in on me <laughs> that mm-hmm. I can feel. If I spend too much time there, it's pretty dang emotional for mm-hmm. me that I feel just about in general, uh, life in general. There's certainly things that I have enjoyed. Uh, I'd say... The biggest positive out of the last four weeks has been uh, people are very open to conversations, and it's not hard to have spiritual conversations sure. with yeah. just about everybody. Sure. And it doesn't seem to bother anybody. And that part I really, really, really like. It seems natural. Yeah. Everything else, you know, life... Uh, I, I think, in general, human beings are designed to live in a certain rhythm. And, you know, however you look at the creation account, whether you believe mm-hmm. that's a figurative account or it's a literal account, however you see that, 
Mm -hmm. uh, there is definitely a rhythm in our world of mm -hmm. there's the rising of the sun, there's the going of the moon, there's the coming and going of the, the, the tides. There's, mm -hmm. there's this rhythm in our world. And uh, to say that my rhythm is off, is that's just true. Yep. Uh, I love music, and I feel almost every day like that guy that is on the upbeat when everybody else is on the downbeat. Mm -hmm. I'm about, I'm just not quite in step with everything. And I don't feel like I'm getting closer to being on the beat. Yeah. yeah. I, I have played in lots of bands. And when you first start playing with other people, it's one thing to play an instrument. When you start playing with other people, there does come a moment where the band sort of gels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something happens with them. I am not in that moment. <laughs> I am I am just off. Just off. And yeah. so the best part was the part with people. The chat room was a good part. Uh, before and after that, it it when people say to me, you know, I, as you know, I got in a chat room to try to discuss with other church leaders around the world. How are you? How are you processing when people say, you know? How many people are viewing your stuff and we're hearing all this stuff of, oh, it's the biggest time people viewing stuff. And I'm like, I don't know how anybody knows that because mm -hmm. the numbers you get out of this, they don't, I don't know what they mean. Yeah. They mean somebody's device Turn had on. this, had this video on at some point, whether they watched one second, 10 seconds, or they watched the whole, the whole thing ran, but they didn't pay attention there's no way to know. So, you know, the whole thing is just, yeah. it feels really weird to me, which is, and so there's this, for a person, and I, you know, I know I have, anyway, I deeply care about what we try to do. I've been doing this a long time. I care about helping people grow, and I feel, I've, I feel like a, uh, if a doctor was in a place and he knew this, thing was going on and he was allowed and he was not allowed to be with patients mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the way I feel yeah I feel right. like it I am in a world of people that are hurting uh, it's my job to help them and I am throwing aspirins <laughs> at them <laughs> yeah. from afar just, hoping somebody catches yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you bring up a, a, a word that I, I hadn't planned on talking about this but you reminded me of something and uh, I think it's important because we are actually having this discussion in our small groups this week. Uh, if you're a part of one, you will, you will have this discussion with your group if you haven't already. Um, this idea of we're grieving something sure. right now. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I have to give credit to Nathan. He's the one that brought this up uh, amongst us and was saying, well, you know, there's those five stages of grief yeah. that we go through. And, and so we just said, you know what, let's, let's have that discussion because I think we're all at different places about this whole thing. But we've all lost something mm -hmm. something yeah. you know whether no matter how this is affected because some of this is affected more than others and in different ways than others and and all of that kind of stuff I, I get that but everybody's lost something and that's mm -hmm. pretty universal in mm -hmm. our world now, and that's the other thing is I've noticed is and this is the most I think this is the most universal event in my lifetime oh yeah by far I agree with that that it, it really literally affects every single person and so globally yeah yeah not just us in our community everybody in the world's dealing with this so you know where do you find yourself in that whole grief process these days I mean there's what the denial the anger the bargaining, bargaining uh, depression depression and acceptance those are the five I mean do you 
find yourself in any of those these days? Well, for me, you know, I am, I'm a charge ahead guy. So in the early days of everything, and it doesn't really matter what it is, this has been my nature for a long, long time. Something happens, it could be catastrophic. I'm a, hey, we got to deal with this. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's deal with this. And, you know, you try to lead people through it. You try to get through it. And then somewhere on the back side of it, it starts setting in oh, we just really went through something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I start feeling what other people felt at the front end, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I am currently in between <laughs> uh, <laughs> anger and grief a lot. And, you know, anger is, is like poison to me. I play, I play anger like other play, people play, you know, just normal life, like breathing. <laughs> and uh, I have to be very careful with anger. It takes me bad places, and I go between anger and grief a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, so much of it is, is not a straight line. It's yep. kind of yep. progressive circles, and it goes. So I think I'm all over the place. There are times I'm angry about it. There are times I'm trying to figure it out. I probably live a lot of my, my life in the denial stage of most things, um, similar of I'm just, I'm just trying to move. I'm just trying to move. And probably the biggest learning of my life the last year and a half, two years, is to slow myself down and deal with what's going on in here because, um, you know, um, I'm really big, as people around the office know, I'm very big into the Enneagram stuff, and in case anybody cares, I'm an Enneagram 3, and one thing... That I'm an was, 8. Yeah. 1. Eight, 1. So, uh, one thing that was said about me in one of the books I read about it was said for 3s, they don't have emotions, they do emotions, that um, I'm very often feeling lots of things, and I'm not even aware I'm feeling them, um, and so... I have to slow down and really deal with it. Um, and so I don't know. I think, I think I'm just in different places. But certainly um, this past week, as like you said, we've, we've kind of been talking around and around our office and talking about it in small groups. Um, I've really just forced myself to slow down every day and kind of in my prayers with God. Um, I've been going through some like psalms of lament and these songs that are really about just sitting in the sorrow of whatever. Um, and, you know, obviously they were writing in specific circumstances, but translating it to me and dealing with that. And I think that was part of the reason why um, Easter for me had that kind of mixed emotion because I did have a moment where I read the Easter story with my uh, daughters at the, at the breakfast table and I'm reading the account um, out of John and uh, I just broke down crying and I think it was just so emotional for me even just reading it, kind of going through the grief thing and just remembering there is this hope. But you know, I think for a lot of us, and this is the way I explained it to teenagers that I was talking to on Wednesday about it. If you don't go through the lament and grief process, you don't get the full part of Easter Sunday. That, mm -hmm. you know, one That's thing, right. and we don't necessarily do Good Friday services, but, you know, in those kind of things, if you don't allow yourself on Good Friday to sit in the sorrow of Jesus has died and he was killed for our sins and all of that, you know, all the, the, the weight and the darkness of that, that's the... That's the beauty of Easter Sunday, is that there is this brokenness in our world and that Jesus is the solution. But if I don't let myself feel the brokenness, I right. don't really feel the solution. And so I think that was a big part. And I think we as Americans in particular are very vulnerable to not grieving properly. We tend to want to distract ourselves from grief. 
and, and move ourselves forward. I mean, obviously in any kind of grief, but I think currently right now, those are the conversations I find myself in where people are only talking about, look at all the great opportunities mm-hmm. and look at all this that's going on. And, you know, oh, we'll get through it and it'll be fine. And no one, no one seems to want to talk about, but I am really sad. And like I was talking to high school seniors and saying, it's okay for you to be really upset and say, it sucks that I don't get to graduate. Yes, yes everyone's posting great pictures of them graduating. Yeah, that doesn't I help. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even understand. <laughs> that tradition of us posting pictures of me graduating <laughs> and saying to you, look what I did that yeah. you will never, <laughs> you ever, get ever get to do. Yeah, look, I'm harsh. honoring you by showing you I did something you and, can and never, never do. And it's never honoring to anybody to show on my high school picture. No, that's not honoring to you. Not that's not anybody. honoring to anybody. Nobody. But I was just saying, you've got to, if you're ever really going to be able to move to an acceptance place, you have to stop denying it. You have to not just, you allow yourself to be angry. There's a period of time you need to be angry about it. There's obviously the time that you're going to go through the hopelessness of kind of the depression of this is never going to get better. But then you get to the place of realizing, hey, because of the, the thing we talked about, because of the resurrection, I now have a storyline that is greater than this, mm-hmm. but I don't really believe that until I accept this is dead. Yeah. And this is never going to give me what I want it to give me. And yeah. what you talk about is so indicative of just our culture, the the country we live in, we, we, we pride ourselves on our optimism and right. on things are good. And, and even when they're bad, they're still great and better than they could be and all that. And, and again, nothing wrong with optimism. No, of course. Um, but that that you just described and what, what that is in our culture is the reason, back to what you said, Ed, as to why um, spiritual conversations are so open these days. Yes. Because for the first yes. time, we're finally going, well, maybe they're not so good. And maybe I do need some hope. And maybe, you know, everything is not okay. And so now I want to talk about where is that hope that I can find in the midst of it. So it's back to what you said. Until you feel the grief, until you lament, there's not much reason for you to need a hope. Because I I make my own hope then. I manufacture it. No, that's right. That's exactly right. I manufacture it from just positive thinking and optimism and all of this stuff. And there's a difference between hope and optimism. That's, oh, that's, oh gosh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, hope so. only exists in in a place of darkness or yeah. brokenness. Well, you know, Paul says that where he says, in this hope we've been saved. But then he says, but hope that is seen is not hope. not hope. It's hope. Hope only exists when I can't see it. Mm-hmm. When I go, I know it's out there. I trust that it's out there. And it's, you know, the song we sing, Christ, our hope in life and death. Christ can't be my hope if I'm also basing all my emotions and self-worth on my hope is I get to walk at graduation or my hope is I get to have whatever this thing is. And that's the way I was talking to them. Yeah. But if you've got to go through the grieving process and understand that hope that I had that I would get to do, it's not getting to happen anymore. So how do I find any goodness in life? How do I find any joy in life? How do I find any of that? That's where Christ being your hope in life and death actually means. And it go, the point you made, Sunday, which I thought was great, of going from just a story I've heard, because I've heard that story, and you, all of us have heard that story our whole life. Yeah, but when it actually becomes, this is now my storyline, is when I go, I no longer have hope that a diploma or that this job that I've had and maybe I don't have anymore, these things are what my life are about. Right. Mm-hmm. That this becomes, and like you said, that happens mm-hmm. when, I, when, when I'm forced to reckon with, this yeah. may not be my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's where that whole thing comes in. Of I have to really feel where I am to admit that I need something. I was depending on something that I shouldn't have been depending on. Yes. I have to, I have to, that 
I knew how to do that world. I knew how to do it. I knew how to help people in that situation because I think there's never been a, it's again a part of the frustration. I really do believe we are in a very, very spiritually sensitive time. I think people are going to see lots of the things that we have all put our hope in. Mm -hmm. They're going to come crashing down. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we, I, I know, and I've had to do it in a bunch of different things, I have to recenter my hope on Jesus, that Jesus is the foundational truth of my life, and that, the re that resurrection is not just an event that happens, it's at the core of the gospel, that resurrection is what the gospel does in every area of my life. Here's this bad thing. God is going to take this. I don't know how. And life is going to come out of this dead thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This dead thing is going to bring life about. But it was something I put my hope in that died. And, and I have to, and some of those things I put my hope in aren't they won't come back to life. No, they won't. No, of course <laughs> they no. won't. But that's not where the hope is. No, that's right. The hope was that in, that in Jesus is in the middle of this, and that He is capable of being a foundation that I can stand through, which is what we're going to talk about. You know, I, you guys know today. I've been trying. Everything's different for us in that those three of us that talk. Uh, other people don't probably know this, but we have over the course of time, gotten where we write messages further and further and further sure. out in front. And this has taken everything, and we've... Yeah. So it's come way back. And so, you know, I, I'm writing Sunday's message uh, today, working on it. And, you know, inevitably, that's what you're talking about again, of mm -hmm. here we are at this place, and I have to figure out how do I be honest about what's happening yeah. and get to what really matters of what I really want to see happen. God can handle that, but I have to be honest about what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think even in the midst of all that, you know, in, in, every, in, in the kind of our world and what we deal with of, you eventually even get, in the way you said it, I thought was good, of there are things that we're good at that all of us naturally begin to rely on. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, you know, that really is our false self. That's the, that's the, that's the me that I am trying to not just portray to the world, but portray to myself. To myself. That allows me to believe I can do this. And we're even dealing that like on a church, like staff level of, like you said, we're not eight weeks out anymore. And there does become a thing. There's a comfortability. There's a safety with being eight weeks out because that's mm -hmm. what we've known. I mean, the whole time I've been on staff now right at 10 years. And that's been, that's been the whole time I've been on staff. I know it's been longer that we've been pretty far out and you begin to, almost get this security of well this is what we know either reaches people or will grow people and we're as a staff kind of back on uh, well we can't do that anymore so that doesn't work anymore right. so and we're rethinking and really relying on where is where is my is my foundation belief that the strategies we have is what reaches people or grows people or you know whatever and really relying on I believe the Holy Spirit's going to guide us and that he's going to bring, and that in the end, he's the one that's, that's doing all this. But that's true in every part of our families and every part of, uh, you know, your life. You, you don't work on a church staff, but you're watching this. It's true for all of us. There are yeah. things that I'm good at. It's my effectiveness or my, you know, abil uh, my, my efficiency or whatever. I have these things I rely on, and I can't rely on those things. Well, anymore. so I had a conversation with somebody, and this just is a thing that everybody deals with it. You have a marriage, you've been married for a while, and your marriage has always worked, and you didn't really, it's worked, and you didn't think there were, any, I mean, there have always been little issues, but not real issues. And sure. then, but part of that was she had a job that was sort of her identity. I had a job that was my identity. 
Our kids had something to go and do. And now, for the last 31 days now since school closed, 31 days today yeah. since school closed, yeah. and then we started sheltering in place, we've all been together a lot. Mm -hmm. And those things that took us away, there are these issues that are rising up, and I thought I could count on this, and I thought I could count on that, and now I'm realizing, wow, there are things that I thought I can count on that I can't count on. That's, that's what, where all of us are at this mm -hmm. point. We're trying to refigure. It doesn't mean that God has let us down. I remember doing, and you all probably maybe don't remember this. Um, we did a sermon once on a whole series on faith just because I kept hearing people talk about the idea that faith is almost like a power. Yeah. You have to have faith, and if I have mm -hmm. faith, you know, and Jesus even says things that indicate that, and people th tend to think faith is this power in itself. All faith is is I believe God is who he said he was, and he will do everything he said he'd do. Yeah. But we have tendency to think I have faith in God, so I can just believe that he's going to give me a job. God didn't promise you a job. Right. And so... You have to get at what did he promise me? Yes. What did he promise? That's I can have faith. He will do everything he said he would do. But just because I made him to say it in mm -hmm. my head doesn't. And I find out a lot of us get disappointed at that. That's mm -hmm. the storyline versus story. Yes. You know, I, I, when it's story, I, I interpret the story or I write the story sure. the way that I think it ought to go based on how I read what the Bible says, yes, and that's not it. There's a storyline that I have to. It's that whole uh, that that old uh, study we did years and years ago called experiencing God. Yeah, you know? and it's the way you experience God is you don't go out and do your thing and then ask God to bless it. You go find out what God is doing. Yeah, and go you, join it, and you get involved. And because there's there is something that there's a through line of this existence, this universe that God is working through, and I want to get on that. You know, and when I when I find that's where God's blessing is, it's not in the thing that I, I say, come over here and fix this, even though I'm the one that set it up and screwed it up. <laughs> you know, God, yeah. come over here and fix this. Well, that's that's not how God works. So, you know, that's where, I, you know, Easter, I guess that's where we got started on yeah. this and grieving and all of that. I know that at the heart of the gospel, for me individually, the way the gospel plays out is their self-sacrificial love I give myself, there is a dying of myself that takes yep. place. Mm -hmm. And once I am willing to sacrifice the things that feel like death to me, God is capable and willing to resurrect that, and he will. And nothing will be wasted. Yep. Nothing's thrown away, not a mistake I've made, not a great thing that happened. Nothing is wasted, but I have to be willing. There is no resurrection without death. Yes. Yeah. I there love it. that quote that I saw, and I think it was on our... Um, Facebook page, or maybe it was somewhere else, but someone talked. Someone said that you know, um, death and resurrection. Death is not a problem; is a problem for empires. It's not a problem for gardeners. Mm -hmm. That gardeners understand mm -hmm. everything that dies is giving life to something new. That every mm -hmm. seed that is planted, the seed has to die so that mm -hmm. the plant can grow. And most of, most of us, and and I, I think it was on our page. You might be able to go back and look, but. Um, Everything that everything in us that we eventually die to for the sake of uh, uh, of of Jesus and His kingdom and 
all of all that he brings eventually is brought to a new life. And like you said, this thing that's died, it may not come back or it may not come back in the same way. Right. It might be something different, but the newness that is born in me, if I'm, if I'm giving that to God, then that ultimately I get woven into his storyline and that mm-hmm. storyline is bigger than me. And there really is a joy in that. And there's a mm-hmm. comfort in that because a lot of, you know, I wouldn't use the word empire, and I think that's the thing, but that is, you know, my kingdom, my empire. I'm very concerned with me and mine sure. and everything that's going on. And when I eventually realized this life is not a story about me and mine, mm-hmm. me and mine are, could get woven into a greater story that, is, yeah. that, that goes for eternity. No better. matter what happens with me or mine. Yeah. Right, yes. I, yeah. No matter what happens. Yeah, go ahead. There's just, I was just thinking of there's these conversations that I'm having in my home right now that I had another one today, and it seems like they come more and more often that you know, I'm talking with my kids, and they're saying, you know, like when, you know, school was canceled for a couple of weeks, and they're saying, oh, well, we'll go back. Right. And then we got a little closer, and then they come along and say, well, no, actually, we're not going back. And then the, you have to sit, in, and my kids had to sit in that, okay, well, we're not going to see our friends for the for the rest of the summer. Okay. So they sat in that for a little bit. And well, today around the lunch table, I'm talking to my kids and, and one of them asked me, he said, dad, do you think there's a chance we won't go back in August? And I said, yes, I think there is a chance. Now, do I know? I don't know. I don't know. And so here we are, we're constantly having these conversations and it hit me that it's every single time it's, it's another moment where I'm, and I feel like I need to lead in this in my family is I need to teach them how to let go of my kingdom my expectations, right. my world, because you, your hope is not in getting to go back to your normal schedule yep. like you had used to know it, know it. Your hope is not there, and even if that gets taken away, yeah, we'll grieve for a while, and we'll figure out what that means, and we'll adjust, but ultimately, that wasn't where the hope was anyway. We're going to let that die, and if it comes back, yay. If it doesn't, okay, we'll be all right, and it's just that constant reminder of you know, the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And every death is painful. That's the other thing. I don't think anybody that's in the middle of grief, just because we know God works through resurrection and resurrection's coming, Mm -hmm. all deaths, they hurt. Well, and they they hurt. And I think that's so, that's why when, because Jesus came to reveal the Father to us, he Mm -hmm. is the ultimate representation of who the Father is. And, and we see Jesus grieving. Mm-hmm. Yep. We see him weeping, even though he knows. I mean, he stands in front of his friend's tomb and weeps, yep. knowing I'm about. To, we're about to celebrate this guy's he resurrection. He knew what he was going he to do, he was and do. he still cried with Planned people because he knew everything. how much it hurt. Yes, yeah. that was why he was crying. And, and, and then he looks over to the crowds, and he knows what he's about to do for them, and he knows the good, that's, but he still has compassion and, and compassion means he's, his heart goes out to them he he hurts for these people who are in trouble even though he knows he's the answer to that well and that you know salute, that, to that problem one of the most beautiful moments to me and i'm sorry joel i just totally touched my microphone so i know that probably was ter- <laughs> terrible for you guys listening uh but one of the most beautiful moments to me is um and i, I know it happens in a couple of the the gospel accounts but especially in Luke there's a moment right before Jesus goes into Jerusalem and he's he's just done the triumphal entry 
and he's standing over the hill just outside, and he begins to weep for Jerusalem. And for most of most of my life, that never meant anything to me. But when you understand the grand storyline of that, God had had come to this nation of Israel, and had said, I, "I've chosen you, and I want to I, I want to reveal myself to the world through you." And then over and over again, they just kept turning from him. And, and just you can see in Jesus the grief he has over that. And he says, I long to gather you like hens, like, like chicks, under, under my wings. And just understanding that part of Jesus, that, that Jesus certainly is taking joy in the fact that now because of his crucifixion, this salvation would be available to the whole world. But that even still just with this group of people, that he just had this heart for them, that just reminds me, in the, when I think of the grieving process, that even Jesus is just grieving over, this, over mm-hmm. these people. Um, yeah. And it's just, it, yeah. it's a part of God's nature as well, that grief. And I heard someone say this a, another time, I think it was in a song, but I can't remember where, that every lament is a love song. Mm-hmm. That every time mm-hmm. you lament and you grieve, that, that is a part of love. That it's not unloving for us to sit around and go, I am really sad that yeah. this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. That this is, and that's part of God that he that he weeps with us, and mm-hmm. and so anyway, very good stuff. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the next Sunday coming up. Um, mm-hmm. you, Ed, you already mentioned you're working on Sunday's message. Yeah, we're going to be doing this series called uh, the New Normal, yeah. and which is you know, I guess that's what everybody's saying now. When I was beginning yeah. to write on that, I began to think about you know, <clears throat> if I just take my email, I don't I don't think I'm going to have time to talk about this in the thing because limited time anybody wants to listen to me talk <laughs> is uh when this first thing started i got all these emails from all the people that wanted to help me and they would talk about we need to help you just manage through this you're going to manage through this till we come out the other side and we can go back to what we're doing we're going to manage mm-hmm. through this mm-hmm. and you know it's probably two three weeks we got to manage through this and then i noticed about two weeks ago which is only two weeks after the first emails they sent out i would start getting things like they would say well this is, uh, th- there's going to be a new normal, and what we used to know is never coming back. The, the world we're going to be, we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be vastly different than it was. And we're all, I now start hearing people say, well, this is the new normal. This is the new normal. Yeah. But hopefully nobody really thinks living in our houses and not ever talking to each other and wearing masks around and standing 10 feet away from us for the rest of, now maybe this, maybe that is. Maybe we're never going to, Maybe that's the new normal. There are going to be a lot of grieving oh, yeah. uh, for some of us that are, if that happens. But we are in a different thing, and it has happened overnight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just overnight it has mm-hmm. happened. And so we want to try to deal with it. I mean, anytime anything changes, when you think you know the way things are going to go, which is what this is about, we all, at the 1st of March, I mean, I, I'm not saying it wasn't happening somewhere in the world, and maybe we should have been more aware, mm-hmm. and maybe there were a handful of some of you who are really smart that mm-hmm. you could have predicted all of this, but most of us yeah. were living our lives. We thought we knew what we were going to be doing Monday through Friday. We thought last week would have been spring break. We thought that baseball, for people like oh, me, would man. have been started. That's we, what I'm grieving. <laughs> you know, we thought all of those things would have been happening, that all that stuff would be rolling along and that we'd be moving toward prom and we'd be moving toward graduation and we'd be moving toward summer vacation. And now all of it in 31, 30, what is it, 31 days yeah, basically, about 31 it's days. all Changed. come to this big halt. When something you thought was going one way suddenly gets changed, you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And everything in you is like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. I don't know how mm-hmm. to make with it. So we're going to spend a few weeks talking about 
I mean, we're not going to argue about what is happening no. or what should have happened or what should be going on healthcare or what the government should be doing. We we didn't get dealt into those hands. No, I no. don't have any cards to play and in it those. It doesn't so matter. We don't. Do I have opinions? I do. Sure. Like everybody else does, but that's not my place to play. What we have always tried to do is saying in this situation. How do you learn from Jesus how to do this? Yeah. Yeah. What is it you need to learn to be able to do this so that his storyline becomes your storyline? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not just something you believe. It becomes the through line of all of this, no matter what yeah. the new normal is. So this series is going to be very, what do I do next yeah. kind, yes. of, kind of language. So for those of you who are going to be tuning in, I hope you will and invite somebody, you know, because I guarantee these are the conversations that you're, you're having with people. Um, I know that's the ones I'm having. That, Absolutely. Know, I, I don't know what, what we're going to do. You know, I hear that question all the time. I'm just not sure what's next or what to do next. Or we're all trying to predict. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I'm I, like you know, everybody else. I, well, I think this is going to happen. This yeah. is going to happen. But I don't know. You know I haven't been right yet. That's right. No. <laughs> None of us. I've been right a couple times. But not, <laughs> no, 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 not much. So I did tell my kids when they canceled school the first time, I said, I don't think you're going back. And they were like, Good for you. you're wrong, Dad. I said, I, I hope I'm wrong. But, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that was the only thing. I, I certainly, when they, I was sitting at the baseball game when they called the oh, last right. one off. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there, and you could watch the players when they announced it was the last game, we had two innings to go, and they played it out. You could even see on players like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing yeah. this? Mm-hmm. And, but everybody thought, oh, we'll be cranking back up mm-hmm. in a bit. Yeah. You know, two weeks we're going to crank. In fact, a bunch of people just hung around. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's pretty apparent we ain't cranking back up. Yeah. No. I don't know when we're cranking back up. And I don't know, and I, and I, know, I don't think I answered the question about where I was on the grief thing. Mostly I'm angry. But, <laughs> um, but the thing that drives me nuts, and, and I, I'm not being critical. I, well, I am, but I'm trying not to be, you know, because this is just my personal feelings is what we're doing now specific, and it made me think of it because you mentioned baseball, is right now what they're doing to try and help baseball fans who are missing the season is they're playing old games and they're bringing back this stuff that, you know, that trying to, you know, and to me, that I don't watch it. I can't watch it because it it actually doesn't do good things in me because I watch that old stuff and I go, that's that's what I want. I, yeah. And, and that, that's what I can't have. It's just a reminder yeah. to me of what, yeah. I, you know, and how it used to be. Right now, today, they're playing old Greg Maddox ball, you know, games. And I, and I think, yeah, I don't want to go back and watch that. I, I didn't watch that. I want to, you know. It's, I want to see new ball. I want to see new stuff. You know, that's what I'm, I'm, it's not helping me. And then, I don't know if you guys saw this the other day, um, we, my family turned it on just to see what it was about. They played uh, virtual games of horse on ESPN. We were yeah, just I talking about that at lunch, too. Lunch. And we watched one up. We watched one round, and I just looked around and said, I can't watch this anymore. This, not that there's anything wrong with doing it. It just, it just made me sad yeah. and mad all at the same time. So. And I think when you talk about new normal, I think that's where lots of us are if we slow down enough to see, which is everything feels like, playing a virtual game of horse. Pretty much. I could be playing the an NBA game. Mm-hmm. I'm playing virtual horse yeah. right now. And that's where a lot of our new normals feel. And that's where the grief of like the anger and even the bargaining of like, well, if I do this for this amount of time, then I'll get to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And getting to a place where accepting, okay, this is at least for right now, mm-hmm. the foreseeable future, this is the new normal. 
how do I thrive in a new normal? Yeah. How do I how do I accept all that God does have for me? And He's because God's still at work. Yes, he's right. still yeah. got stuff good good yeah. and, and wonderful things for us. So we know right now the things we have planned for the next few weeks, whether we they come off or not. We, we have knows. four weeks. We have four, I have a fifth one that I you got a fifth. I do remember okay. I told you I yeah, have, you do. I, have right. I have one more that I think I want to talk but who knows what'll be happening. I mean <laughs> in the last five weeks everything has changed. Sure. Even the way we wound up talking about the end of the Jesus series was not the way we originally No, went. absolutely. I mean, we were definitely going to do Jesus greater than, but we wound up talking different. This is totally different than what we had planned yep. to do Afterwards. after Easter. Mm -hmm. uh, so Sunday, I'm going to be talking to you about a, a practice that we all need to practice, and it's not the way you normally think about it. Uh, it's something I've been learning over the last really five, six years uh, that is, it is what we should be doing in this time is sort of the intro to this whole thing of what, what do we do as followers of Jesus? What does everybody really need to yeah. be doing to figure out, uh, follower of Jesus and not, how to go about doing this? And God is ready to help us in this, and there are things we can do. Yep. So that's where I'll be And maybe in, in five weeks, there will be like aliens on the planet or something, and we'll have to deal with that because who knows at this point anything could yeah, be Yeah, anything right. could be possible. Uh -huh. yeah. If that alien can play baseball. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to see that league. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, before we get into the questions, I just thought it'd be important, uh, in case you guys have missed it, uh, if you're a part of our church, uh, there are several things that we are trying to do online right now that uh, yeah. we're, we're hoping will be a, a benefit to you and help to you. Um, you can find uh, pretty much all these on our website. So I'll just remind you, in fact, th the newest one this week we just launched is a uh, you know, we, there are times when people walk into our office here at the, at the church just mm -hmm. wanting to talk to somebody on staff or just a pastor. We have an open office. We don't make you schedule that's stuff. Right. You that's could, right. You could just walk in. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's been here for years, and now that's gone. And so we said, well, can we replace that? And so we, we try, we're trying to do something new online called Talk to a Pastor. And so there's a, uh, there's a card right there on the front page, uh, community-christian.net, where you can schedule time where to virtually sit in front of a pastor face-to-face -face and talk, no matter what it is that you want to talk about. We're trying to make ourselves available to you for that. So there's that. Uh, I launched a, a thing for married couples last week, um, hoping that this will, because like Ed, I think you mentioned this earlier, you know, spending as much time as we are at home together is showing up some issues that we didn't know were there, or maybe they're making the issues that were there bigger. And um, we're getting we're getting more time with our spouses, most of us, <laughs> in this 31-day period than some of us do all year. And uh, that can be challenging sometimes just because of the dynamics of relationship. Not because we're just bad, but just, that's just the, the nature, that's just just the the nature, nature of, of relationship. It. So there's that on, uh, online. You can, uh, you can sign up for that and find out more about that, and I'll get back with you. And, of course, we're, we're still doing online groups. Uh, yep. Virtual group. We have Sea uh, Kids online. C -Kids I think online. they are launching tomorrow. Are they today? Today, depending. On, I guess it's on Wednesday. You should check it out. It's at. Yes. But they are launching their stuff. Cool. Yeah. We have student virtual groups. If you have a middle or high school student, um, awesome. you can email youth at community-christian.net and we'll get you hooked up. And in general, Nathan, they meet just before the yeah, 1030. Yeah, 9.30 on Sunday morning. So you're probably going to have to get your student up. Yep. They, yeah. they will not do it themselves. You're going to have to do it, but they'll be glad they did and yeah. you'll be glad they did. Yeah. yeah, I had to wake mine up Sunday. There you go. That's the way you go. You she got was, an eighth grader. Uh, well, now cool. she's an eighth grader. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I hadn't thought of that, but she is an eighth grader now. She's done with seventh grade now. Pretty much. Uh, they're still, 
They're uh, still doing they're done, Jason. Stuff, but they're you done. Know they're she got to move on is all she's, I'm saying. She's passing. It's she's like good. summer now. That's so. right. Okay. On to the questions that you guys Yay. sent to us. And for those of you that are wondering, you can send us questions anytime. There's a link in the description to this video. Or if you're watching on a podcast app, it should be in the description to this podcast. Uh, you can click that link, send us a question anonymously, make suggestions, ask us to talk about something. We don't promise anything, but we might talk about it. But here's two questions that came in uh, last week. Uh, and then obviously it was somebody who was reading through a particular chapter in the New Testament, and they had lots of questions about that chapter. Mm -hmm. So oh, good. Uh, it was Luke chapter 4. And uh, the, the context of that chapter is this, the, the, at least the first part of it, is the account of when Jesus was tempted. Yep. And uh, he goes through the whole uh, temptations, the three temptations that the devil brings him. And many times in that uh, passage, uh, Jesus will say, Scripture says, and he will quote Scripture. And the question that the person asked was, um, was had their question is, what was he referring to when he says Scripture says? Uh, had there been something written at that point, or was it a legend that had been passed down generation to generation? And their comment was, we think of Scriptures as the Bible, but I know there was no Bible yet. Mm -hmm. So what is Jesus referring to when he says the Scriptures say? Who wants to grab that one? He's referring to the scriptures, the yeah, Old Testament. The Old Testament, the, yep, the yep. 39 books of the Old Testament yep. were, everybody at that time knew and had them. And the good thing is we know that they had them because in 1946-7, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And people used to think a lot of the things that we count as Bible uh, and particularly the prophecies that people say, oh, that referred to Jesus, mm -hmm. people would go, well, that was probably inserted in those 39 books mm -hmm. after Jesus. And then they find these Dead Sea Scrolls that the most conservative, the most, I mean, people who were, they want to put it as late as they can, they all say those scrolls are with 100 years before Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. And all the prophecies that we have about Jesus are in those scrolls. Mm -hmm. So... We know they were reading, I mean, Jesus and his guys, you know, there's one point where Jesus is in his hometown and they mm -hmm. say they handed him the scroll. Yeah, that's in that he, same chapter. Yeah, that's okay. Say, he's coming up he's reading from the book of Isaiah mm -hmm. and uh, it's exactly the same quote we have in the book of Isaiah. Yep. yep. And it was what was in the Dead Sea Scrolls. So there were, when you say there wasn't a Bible, there isn't a Bible like we have. Like with you have. The, that's Like right. all yeah. 66 put together that agreed. That was not put together mm -hmm. until hundreds of years after Jesus. Because it really, what I mean, you can't carry around all the scrolls right. at one time. It that's just right. was the nature of their technology. Yep. And now I can have many translations on my phone. Yes. Yeah, they, they couldn't carry all the scrolls at once, but now I can carry many, many translations on my phone. And they had a, they a, had a, a, a collection that they had all agreed on were the ones that oh, yeah. were inspired yes. by God. And yeah. So, oh, yeah. so when, they, when he ever referred to scriptures, they knew what he was talking about. Yeah, absolutely. There's these, there's these books, and like he said, Isaiah is all part mm -hmm. of that, and all the prophecies, but then yep. even the, all that we would consider in the Old Testament mm -hmm. was, was part of that. So, yeah. so And any, Orthodox Jews today even still still hang absolutely. hang on to those same ones. They've mm -hmm. been hanging, yep. the, their, their scriptures have been the same the whole time. Yep. Mm -hmm. So short answer to that question, anytime you hear Jesus or anybody in, in the New Testament refer to the scriptures, they're talking about the Old Testament that you yes, know the as the Old Testament today. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't have called it that because it wasn't old to them. It wasn't, it wasn't the <laughs> it testament. Was the testament. The testament means covenant. Yeah. It was it the was it. covenant. That was yeah. our thing. So <laughs> that's what he was referring to. Uh, second question the same person asked uh, is in that same chapter. Uh, skip down to verse 25 in Luke 4. 
and that uh, their question was that uh, there's a statement in there uh, that says the heavens were closed for three and a half years and they want to know what that means. So here's the context. Uh, Jesus goes into the, uh, the synagogue in his hometown. He reads from the book of Isaiah, the scroll there, and then he makes the statement that, you know, you're, this has been fulfilled in front of you. And he's referring, he's saying, basically saying, hey, when Isaiah wrote that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, he was talking about me. And uh, it was kind of a shocking thing uh, to the folks in his hometown. In fact, uh, in some translations, they, they go back and forth on this, but the word that they use there was they were really shocked uh, mm-hmm. when he said that, uh, knowing that he was the carpenter's son <laughs> and basically saying, well, I know this kid, he grew up down the street. And so then Jesus goes into this uh, this this whole thing where he starts talking to the people in his hometown and he's saying, um, you know, this is normal. You know, when a prophet goes back to his own place and they know him, they tend to not uh, uh, accept him. And he said, this is why it's going to... And then he gets into this other part where he's talking about this is why uh, there are going to be a lot of you that think you are in with God in this new kingdom that is that is breaking onto mm-hmm. the scene and you're going to be left out. And then he uses several examples from the Old Testament of when that happened. And one of those examples is where he makes this statement he talks about this story where uh, the prophet Elijah, uh, they're experiencing a drought and a famine during this time in history. And he says he could have gone to anybody in his own, uh, in his own, among his own people in his own hometown to save or to, to help. But he winds up with this foreign lady somewhere else who's way outside of the, the, the uh, Israelite tradition. And he went to her. And, uh, that, and he's, he's making a point to them that you're going to miss out and there are going to be people outside of this family that are going to get in. And then he makes that statement when the heavens were closed for three and a half years. So that's the question that they're asking. What was Jesus talking about? And I think it's pretty plain from the context. He's talking about... If you know the story of Elijah, which right. I thought you were just going to go ahead and tell him the rest of the story. Well, the, the rest of the story <laughs> is there was, the, there, there was no rain for three and a half years. And then, long story short, Elijah prays and right. God opens the, the, the flood or the rain clouds and it rains. Because so. they have, you know, we don't typically refer to the sky as, as the, the heavens. heavens. Some people exactly. still do, but mm-hmm. in, their, in, in, in their language, when they referred to heavens, it actually referred to multiple different layers. It's obviously some, cause, so it's interesting. Uh, I have a child named heaven, and so anytime we <laughs> sing any song that says heaven, they're heaven, you know. They're very confused. And so, yeah. uh, so anytime that kind of thing gets mentioned, but yeah, it's the same kind of. I'm trying to explain to me. Yeah, well, there is the heaven that you know. This is this is kind of God's realm that He made the heavens and He made the earth, yes. but He also made the heavens, which is the sky. And mm-hmm. so, some translations just instead of saying the heavens weren't open, yes. they said the skies wouldn't open. But what they mean is, in particular, mm-hmm. the rain, the atmosphere, yes, the atmosphere that. Well, in the Jewish tradition, there was three levels. Right. There was the first heaven, which is the, the air that we live in right Correct. now that you're breathing. They would call that the first heaven. The second heaven is what they would see in the night sky up above us in mm-hmm. the, you know, the greater atmosphere that surrounds our earth. And then they would call the third heaven the place where God lives. And right. so and that's why you hear in one of Paul's letters, he talks about having a vision. He says, I was caught up into the third heaven. He means I was with God. Right. And that, that's, that's what, so when you hear that kind of language in the Jewish uh, tradition, that's, that's what they would refer to Absolutely. as heaven and earth. They might be talking about just the air. The sky, yeah. The sky. So, Which I, I, the first time I remember hearing it, I, it just was mind-blowing to me that in the Lord's Prayer when Jesus says, Our Father who art in heaven, yes. he intentionally uses the first, the first one, yes. which had to be mind-blowing to them because you know God's in the third heaven, mm-hmm. and Jesus says, I want you to pray to the Father 
who is as close as the air all around you. He's not far off. Yeah. He isn't somewhere else. He's right here with you. And I remember, in fact, even talk, talking about it now, I get goosebumps yeah. because just that idea, God's not far away. He's, mm-hmm. he's not somewhere that I have to call out and I have to pray in a certain way. He's really, really, really close. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So I hope that answers your question, yep. whoever it was that sent that in. Thanks for that one. That was that was pretty simple. That was easy for me to handle. I, that, yeah, sometimes we've gotten some really complicated stuff. And but I can see where stuff. it was complicated. Me if too. You yes, sir. If you haven't read me the too. Old Testament or you yeah. haven't read it much or you don't know, and there's a lot, I would just say to people, if you don't know the Bible, don't start in the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're Jesus followers, not yes. Old Testament followers. Start with Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that question about scriptures is really important. I actually had someone this week have conversations with me about um, uh, about the concerns they had for one of their students about um, these kind of questions are really common now of, you know, all of these scriptures, they weren't written down and we didn't really have any of this stuff and that it was legend that was passed on and on and then eventually things got added. But being reminded that, you know, even the Old Testament, that they were writing things down and that Mm -hmm. there was part of this and the Dead Sea Scrolls being part of that. And so uh, those those questions are important for us to deal with because there certainly are uh, people out there who they themselves are going to to use that as some kind of ammunition to, to stir up doubt, or maybe they even have questions themselves. Uh, but there is a lot of faith, uh, evidence, I should say, for our faith and for the certainty that we can have that these things were accurately written down and accurately passed along generation to generation. Even even the uh, when you do study, uh, is it... Um on peoples that still exist in our world. I know it's hard for people to believe, but there are still cultures in our world that don't have written language. Mm -hmm. Right. There are people that go in, primarily, most written language in the history of the world was created by people translating the Bible. Missionaries went, Mm -hmm. created the, they took the language, they created the way to write it. Mm -hmm. It's not 100% true. So they could communicate the love of God to people. And so there's still those cultures and there's been a lot of study in those cultures about oral tradition that in many, many ways, oral tradition has proven to be more accurate than one person mm-hmm. writing something down because what happens in an oral tradition is yep. they repeat it over and over and over in community, in community. and they all yes. know it. Right. And when, when the teller Messes tells up. one little detail wrong, other people correct, correct them. them. Yes. They correct them mm-hmm. so that the story gets repeated right again and again and again. Now, there were written things the Jewish religion did have, and they were one of the people that did write language down. But there is oral stuff that got passed down. I mean, the creeds were all the way. Yeah, we absolutely. original early creeds were because people didn't have, they couldn't write themselves. So we would teach them the creed so they could know the heart well, even it. songs and things songs. like that most yeah. of us don't know the abcs because we wrote them down <laughs> we know them because someone sang them to, i mean my mm-hmm. children know them even yeah. elemento which apparently is one letter for yeah, some kids is. but you know anyway. yeah, well i think everybody sings in their head still i mean I, if i, I have to, if you say what letter comes before j i yeah. go H- i H- i got it I yeah do too. i don't just see it in my head i have to there sing was it. a long I time i had to start at the beginning there are parts now i can start yes at. Good for you. Yeah, I know. It he's took me learning. a long time. I think better. that was 59. This is what he's doing in quarantine right, right now. I, he's learning. sitting there learning that ABC I'm, I'm song. I'm getting it down to what comes yeah. after T. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Okay. I went well, to school in Mississippi, though. Yeah, so. that, that explains a lot. <laughs> it does. So uh, now let me let, say last before we sign off, I, I, there's been a few people, not a lot, but a few people that have asked me, 
hey, when y'all going to do a top five again? So um, I, I'm not, we're not going to have one today. Um, this is our new normal. This is our That's new right. normal. <laughs> but we, but we we're going to bring that, something like that back next week. We, you we, getting what you deserve asking for this. <laughs> you right. getting what you deserve That's is right. all I'm saying. I'm bringing it next week. And wow. you, I'm just saying you getting exact. You asked for it. He's Remember that. It. He's bringing it. We're yeah. going to bring something we think is funny. Yes. That's always important to say, something we... Or think. entertaining, maybe not funny. But okay, entertaining. entertaining. Maybe. We'll if see. we thought was entertaining. Right. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. So yeah. tune in next week and you'll get something. We'll see what that is. So, all right, that's all I got. Me too. All right. See you guys. You bye. guys have a great week and we'll see you back next time. where time. to say bye. bye. Wherever. Bye. bye to whoever I'm saying bye to.